0: Heals. We believe that it's always God's will to heal every single person, every single time, based on what the Word of God says. We didn't make it up, we just looked at the Word and we've examined the Word and we've examined the will of God in the Word and we saw that Jesus Christ is the express image of God the Father. It says that in, chap- in Hebrews, it says Jesus is the exact representation of the Father And we know that Jesus Christ went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. We've seen it. Jesus healed multitudes of people. And every person that came to Jesus Christ for healing received healing. There isn't one incidence in the Bible of somebody coming to Jesus and him saying, I'm not going to heal you now. I'm trying to teach you a lesson. I'll heal you in six months from now. That is made up. That is fantasy, and uh, you know I've heard a pastor say that's in first imaginations. That's where that is. It's not in the Bible; it's in your imagination. And you know we can we can suppose and wonder why um, ministers make up doctrine like that. But what it all comes down to is unbelief. It all comes down to I'm praying for somebody and nothing happened, and I need a good excuse to save face to make up a reason why nothing happened, and therefore they start making up doctrine. They start supposing things, or maybe they get a specific word for an individual and make it into a doctrine, but we can never do that. All of our doctrine has to come from the actual word of God, has to come from the scriptures. In order for something to be scriptural, you have to have a scripture for it. Amen. You can't just have an experience experiences are all over the place we don't know why you experience the stuff that you do Um, you know God does know why you experience the stuff that you do but without a word from him we probably couldn't tell you why unless it's in the word and laid out in the word but his word is truth everything else is a lie amen if it goes against the word of God it's not true so Jesus is the express image of God the father the exact Representation of his person. The scriptures say that Jesus only did what he saw the Father do, and he only said what he heard the Father say. He said, I do nothing of myself. Everything that I do, everything that I say, is exactly what the big guy upstairs is going to say. What God the Father, what Yahweh would say. To us, what Elohim would say to us, what El Yon would say to us, everything that Jesus did and said, and we can learn just as much from what Jesus did not do, that we can learn from what he did do. Right? And he did not turn anyone away who came to him for healing. Every person that came to him for healing got healed. Amen amen and so we can rest assured that it is always God's will to heal every single person that comes to him every single time every time there's no time when it's not God's will to heal he always wants to heal and he's never separate from his power so he always can heal and that's good news God never comes down and says, you know what? I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit, but I'm going to leave my power in heaven. The Holy Spirit is always with his power. His power is always present with him. And if you're born again, the Holy Spirit is inside of you. And that's good news because now you have the power of God inside of you. And God always wills to use his power to heal you. That's why it says in Romans chapter 8, That the Holy Spirit in us quickens to life our mortal body. In other words, every second of every day, the Holy Spirit is in there speaking life and health to every cell in our body from the inside. Praise God. From the inside, where it where it really counts, right? Like inside our body, speaking to all of our cells. Thank you so much. Speaking to all of ourselves, he's in there. So divine healing is the, I'm just going to go over a couple of key points here. Divine healing is the right and the responsibility of every born-again believer, of every one of us. It's the right and the responsibility of every one of us. We want to understand healing. We want to receive healing. We want to be able to minister healing. It's not just for the super dupers. It's not just for those who have a ministry, but it's for every believer of of every person that believes in Jesus Christ. He said that signs and wonders shall follow them that believe, that they shall lay hands on the sick, and the sick shall recover, and what he didn't say was that every pastor or every minister shall lay hands on the sick, but he said every believer should do that, and they shall recover, so it's for you, any hindrance to healing um, of a child of God is not from God, any hindrance to healing at all, if you've prayed and haven't received, or if you've prayed for someone and they haven't received healing yet, any hindrance at all is not from God. God is not withholding healing based on Jesus being the exact representation of God the Father. God is not holding it back. In fact, Hebrews actually says that God who did not spare his own son, how will he not now with Jesus Christ freely give you all things? If he is going to take his son and let his son be crucified on the cross for you and and take those stripes beforehand and those lashes on his back for your healing, why would he withhold it from you? He would not withhold it from you. He did that before you were born, before you made any mistakes. He already settled it in heaven, that you are the healed of the Lord. It's already settled in heaven. We just need to settle it right here in the earth. Amen? So um, any hindrance to healing at all is not from God. God is not trying to stop you from receiving healing. He's also not trying to stop you from ministering healing. You may feel the desire to pray for someone, and then you may feel afraid to pray for them based on what if you get it wrong? What if nothing happens? What if nobody, you know, what if you look like a fool? Etc., etc., but that is not God stopping you from ministering healing to someone. That's you stopping you. It's not God. Um, God is not our problem. He's our help. He's not the problem. If there's healing that's not taking place, if there's sickness that's manifesting, it's not God's fault. God can't give you what He doesn't have. He doesn't have sickness in heaven. When we just think about heaven for a minute, The perfect will of God is going on in heaven at this moment and there is zero sickness and zero disease in heaven. Nobody in heaven is being taught a lesson through cancer or through sickness or through uh, joint pain or through a blood disease. Nobody in heaven is being taught a lesson through sickness of any kind. And nobody on earth is being taught a lesson by God through sickness of any kind at all. So we got to take that thinking and just throw it out. It's wrong thinking. It doesn't line up with scripture. God God has many other ways to teach you. In fact, it's the word of God that is what is going to train you in righteousness and convict you and and help you and train you here in the word. It's the word that he sent that's going to train you up. It's not sickness. It's not sickness and disease. You wouldn't go to a public school and have a teacher handing out the flu saying, I'm going to teach you math by you experiencing this flu. You know, you would put that teacher in jail, right? Right? that would be ridiculous. I would hope we would put that teacher in jail. And yet we blame God for sickness. We think, oh, God's trying to teach me to be more humble. No, he's not. He's telling you to be more humble in the word. He's giving you his grace so that you can be more humble, but he's not making you sick in order for you to be more humble. Just stop being prideful. Amen, that's easy enough, right? Just say, you know what? I don't know everything. I resigned from superintendent of the universe. I don't have to know everything. I don't have to do everything. I don't have to be everything. I just have to be the best me that God created me to be. God's not trying to teach me how to be humble through sickness or through disease or through pain or through suffering. I may learn how to be humble through those things, but I'm telling you there's a better way just be humble. Amen. <laughs> Just do it. <laughs> but uh, John 10.10 10 says that the enemy comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. But Jesus Christ has come to give us life and life more abundantly. That's John 10.10. 10. Chapter 10, verse 10. It's the enemy that comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Sickness is killing. It's stealing. It's destroying. Sickness will steal your health. Sickness will steal your money. Because you have to go to the doctor. Sickness will steal your money. It'll steal your time. It'll steal your relationships. You could be out meeting people. You could be out doing the call of God on your life. But you're sitting there sick. It's, It's stealing away from you. If you get sick enough, it could kill you. It could kill relationships. It could kill your finances. It's trying to destroy you. Sickness is trying to destroy you. And the enemy is the one who comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. God never comes to kill, steal, and destroy. God only comes to give us life and life more abundantly. Amen. There's nobody that I know of that says, I feel so much better now that I'm sick. I have more energy now that I'm on my deathbed. That's just more vitality now that I'm ill. That just doesn't happen. It's because it's a stealing away of your life. And it's the enemy who's at fault. It's the enemy who's doing it. It's even if you participated with the enemy, partnered with the enemy, and got yourself in that situation, it's still the enemy coming to kill you, coming to steal from you, coming to destroy you. And we know that because before the fall, there was no sickness and no disease. And in heaven currently, there is no sickness and no disease, nor will there ever be any sickness or disease in heaven where the perfect will of God, where God really reigns, there's no sickness and there's no disease. There's none of it. And if we'll let God really reign in every area of our life, we will walk out of sickness, we will walk out of disease, we will walk out of destruction so easy, so easy. It's not hard for God. It's not hard for us to receive healing. We just have to make sure we're in line with God in every area, you know, and we'll receive healing we'll walk out of sickness and disease so Amen. any hindrance to healing is from the enemy and it's on his part Amen. another point any sickness or disease can be overcome by any believer if they exercise faith and power Amen. any sickness any disease even death itself can be overcome by any believer if they will exercise faith and power that's it any sickness any disease any death any destruction any any work of the enemy can be overcome by any believer if they'll exercise faith in power to overcome that so the enemy is not a serious hindrance and can be overcome by any christian if you use the tools that are given to you by God, the tools and weapons that are given to us by God. The scriptures tell us that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, right? The pulling down of strongholds, and those strongholds are our way of thinking. What our view and what our opinion is about sickness, about disease, about poverty, about ourselves, or about God. We have weapons to pull down those strongholds, to destroy the works of the enemy, and our weapon that is mighty through God is the word of God. It's the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. We know the word of God is 100% true. It's no lie. This whole Bible is 100% truth. And if we're thinking anything that doesn't line up with the word of God, it's our responsibility to take the word of God and replace that thought with the word. We take out the bad thought, we put in the word. So if you had any any. Thoughts that sickness was from God or that God's trying to teach you something or that it's not God's will to heal. What we're doing in healing school is we're destroying the works of the enemy in your mind. We're absolutely destroying them. We're obliterating them. We're taking the truth of the word of God and we're showing you what God really is like, what he really has for you because once you see it, you will experience healing. Once you know it, there's no, you You will walk in divine health. Instead of going from miracle to miracle, you'll just walk out a much healthier life than you would have if you didn't know it. And you'll be able to minister healing. You'll be able to lay hands on the sick, and you'll be able to, with your words, destroy cancer. With your words of faith, You will be able to release the power of God into somebody's body and destroy cancer and free them from something that maybe they've been struggling with for a long time. And you'll be able to do it through the word of God. And you'll be able to do it because the power of God is literally for every believer. He's not picking favorites. He's not withholding it from any one of us. He wants every single one of us to have it to know how to use it and to use it he's not up in heaven saying you know what i'm going to give pastor cindy a special helping of my power and i'm not going to give it to this person over here because you know i don't like them as much now i may be god's favorite but so are you Amen. you're also god's favorite and everything that god has given to me every other person in this world has access to it through the word of god everything that God has ever given me you have access to it through the word of God this is how I got it I got it through the word I found out about it I asked God for it and he gave it to me there's things he gave me that I didn't even ask because his words abide in me and you'll get to that point too if you're not there yet you'll get there if you are there you'll get more amen, amen. so we want to know that our weapons are not carnal but they're mighty through God <clears throat> And the, the enemy can only truly be defeated by our spiritual weapons, not by carnal weapons. <laughs> you know, doctors, God love them. I have nothing against them. I, I appreciate them. I honor them where honor is due. And if I needed to go to the doctor or the hospital, I'd go. Okay, and sometimes you need a doctor to keep you alive long enough so that you can receive healing. Sometimes you need medication to keep you alive long enough so that you can receive healing. But if you start studying medications, you know, 60% of your medication is working because you believe it works. It's called the placebo effect. Any Any medicine out there in the market is only 40% effective. And 60% of its effectiveness is whether or not you believe it's going to work. And the doctors can't cure anybody (laughs) But Jesus can cure everybody. The doctors can help you manage your symptoms. They can keep you alive long enough to receive healing. But it is the Lord who is our healer. Our healing comes from God, and he's not withholding it from anybody. He wants you healed more than you want to be healed. He does. You may think, well, that doesn't make any sense. I really want to be healed. Well, I guarantee you God wants it more. God wants it more. He's been trying to get you healed since before you got sick. (laughs) And he's going to keep trying. He doesn't give up. He doesn't sleep. He doesn't slumber, right? Praise God. Sometimes we just have to give him a place or give him a space to heal us. Have you ever had a friend who just you have something to say to them or you have something to give to them, something you know is going to help them, but, boy, you can't get in a word in edgewise. You can't help them if you wanted to because every time you see them, it's all about what they have to say. It's all about whatever. I've had a lot of people like that in my life, you know. I'd love to be a blessing to them, but short of buying a gift and handing it to them, there's, nothing, like, there's no wisdom that they're going to receive because their mouth never closes. They never give place to that wisdom or to receive that, right? And uh, sometimes we can be that way with God, where God is trying to heal us. He's trying to get a word in edgewise. He's trying to tell you something, but you won't sit still long enough to listen to his voice. Or you won't open your Bible and read the scriptures to see what he actually says concerning a matter. Or if he does give you wisdom, you won't do it anyway. Have you ever had that person where you're giving them the best wisdom? You know it's good wisdom, maybe it's even from God, and you watch them just discount all of your advice and go the other direction, and then they end up in a in a really hard place, and they're, you know, they're suffering and everything, and and you're just biting your tongue because you don't want to say, I told you so, right? But you did tell them so. So you just have to love them. But God is telling us in his word that he's healed us. He's telling us in his word that it's the enemy that comes to kill, steal, and destroy. He's telling us in his word that... This is the way, walk ye in it. He's telling us in his word that the power of God is for every believer. He's telling us that he gave us dominion and us authority and that we're supposed to speak to the symptoms and we're supposed to speak to the diseases and they will. we're supposed to believe God that by his stripes we were healed and we're supposed to see that manifestation here in the earth. But then how many Christians refuse to read their Bible? And how many people are too afraid to pray either for themselves or for someone else? And that's why we see sickness and disease in the church. Because the scriptures say we see it because people don't discern the Lord's body. They don't discern that his body was broken for us. We do discern the blood and that we're free from our sins. Hallelujah, praise God, but do we discern his body that it was literally ripped to shreds for us? There's power and purpose in every wound of Jesus Christ. The uh, the crown of thorns, the chastisement of our peace was upon him. They stuck a crown of thorns on the on the head of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, so that we could could be mentally sane, so that we could have peace of mind, so that we could overcome all of those evil thoughts that come to us. He bled out of his head for us and on our behalf. that that Those sicknesses, those diseases went running down his face by his stripes. He was He was smacked in the face and spit on and rejected and despised so that we could be loved and accepted and welcomed and valued. He took all of that on for us. Isn't that amazing? He was hit in the chest so that we could have healing in our chest and our hearts can be made new. He was whipped on the back for every class of physical disease that there is out there. He was carrying his cross up the hill and he fell in exhaustion so that we, by, when our, we're weak, we can be made strong with his strength. He took on our weakness and gave us his strength. Isn't that exciting what God has done for us? And if you start studying every wound of Jesus Christ, every one means something. Every single one has, there's power and purpose in every single wound. He didn't bleed one drop of blood that wasn't intentional and on our behalf and he started shedding his blood in the garden if you remember that Jesus Christ was in the garden and he was praying and he, his disciples were over here sleeping and he was over here praying and he he knew what he was going to suffer and he sweat as it were great drops of blood and he did that so that we could submit to the word of God. He shed his blood so that we could keep our bodies submitted to the word of God. He said, Father, if, this, if it's at all possible for this cup to pass, let it pass from me. But nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. And he did that so that we can say, Lord, I submit to you. I submit to your word by the blood of Jesus. There is grace for me to submit myself to your word. There's grace for me to lay down my physical body and my life to do your will in this earth. There's grace for me to do it because you shed your blood. And all the blood that he shed, he was You know, when people crucified people and when they were whipping them and giving them lashes, they gave them 39 lashes because 40 was meant to kill you. And 39 was the, the number right before death. Like if they hit them one more time in a physical body, a normal physical body, one more lash would kill a person. That's how badly those lashes were and he he took on all 39 of those lashes and he was bleeding from the head from the crown of thorn he was bleeding from the the beating they they beat him up they slapped him across the face they you know they got him right here in the face so that we could be the mouthpiece of god they got him on his back and then walked him up the hill and the cross you know he bled all over jerusalem and it's proof that the holy spirit kept him alive because he lost so much blood it was a miracle that he even made it up to that cross and that he even made it alive after they nailed his hands and feet to the cross it's a miracle that he was kept alive that whole time with his blood pouring out of him on that cross he was kept alive on our behalf kept in that state of suffering so that we don't have to be in that state of suffering. God kept him alive, kept him going through that excruciating pain so that you and I don't have to go through that excruciating pain. He was crucified on our behalf. He was raised to new life for us and we were raised to new life with him. Amen. And because of that, he gave us his strength. He gave us his healing. He gave us his vitality. He gave us his peace, the very peace that he walked the earth with. In John 14 27, he says, Peace I give to you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives, give I unto you. In other words, there's no strings attached, and he's not taking it back. He gives it to us, and then he says, Don't let your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. And he can say that because it's the very peace that he had when he went to the cross. He didn't go to the cross complaining. He didn't go to the cross afraid. Knowing what he was going to suffer, knowing he was going to be beaten, tortured, whipped, crucified, knowing he was going to hang there on the cross, and he stayed alive until he said, it is finished. He stayed alive. He, He even said in the Bible, no man takes my life from me but I lay it down. In other words, the crucifixion didn't actually kill him. Do you understand what I'm saying? The crucifixion didn't actually kill Jesus Christ, but when he was hanging there, when he had suffered all that was necessary for him to suffer, for you and I to have life and physical health and life more abundantly and forgiveness of every possible sin and walk in perfect peace and walk in divine health. When he finished all of that, he said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And he said, Father, it is finished. Into your hands I commit my spirit. It is finished. And he gave up the ghost he gave it up in other words if there was more to suffer he would have stayed he would have stayed if there was more to suffer it shows us in the scriptures also that he could have called down legions of angels at any time he could have looked up and said you know what god this crown of thorns is more painful than i thought it would be why don't we just wipe out the human race and start over I'm really not up for this beating I'm about to take. I'm really not up to pull cancer off of every single person that's ever gonna have cancer. By his faith, he pulled it off of every single one of us. By the faith of God, disease was pulled out of our physical body and put on him. So much so, every disease for all people, for all time, was put on the Christ so that when they took him off the cross, he was unrecognizable as a man he didn't even look human anymore we like those pretty pictures of jesus with the with the crown of thorns and he, you know you can still see that he's a man but the bible says he was unrecognizable as a man he suffered so much and then he was in the tomb wrapped up unrecognizable as a man and then the holy ghost after the the time appointed, the three days, the Holy Ghost raised him up from the dead and made his physical body Completely recognizable as a man, health and wholeness in every area, so that he could live. And we were raised to that same healthy, vitality, new life, just as our Lord and our Master Jesus Christ. We were raised to new life with him, so therefore we were healed. We are healed, and we have access to that new life here and now. Amen. Praise God, he's such a good God. So those are, that's just opening. Now I'm going to get to my message. (laughs) Praise God, he's so good. I want to look at um, the paralytic, in the man born by four, I guess you could say. We'll start in Mark chapter 2. We'll get into the word. Whew, thank you, God. Thank you for your truth. Matthew, Mark, Mark chapter 2. Hallelujah. Mark chapter 2, we're going to read verses 1 through 12. We're going to look at this miracle because what we've noticed is God is no respecter of persons. What God will do for one, he'll do for all, right? And that he doesn't change. God doesn't change. So what he did for them there, he'll do for us now. Hallelujah. Mark chapter 2, it says, And again... He entered into Capernaum after some days, and it was noised about that he was in the house. And straightway many were gathered in so much that there was no room to receive them. No, not so much as about the door, and he preached the word unto them. So Jesus is preaching, and it's absolutely packed. There's no room. Everyone is in the house. There's not even room to stand back by the door. There's just no room. It's completely full. Jesus is preaching. And it says, And they came to him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born by four. In other words, this man was laid out on his mat, and four people were carrying him, trying to get in, but there's no room for them to get in. They can't get to Jesus at this point in time. And when they could not come near unto him, for the press or for the crowd they uncovered the roof where he was and when they had broken it up they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay when jesus saw their faith he said unto the sick of the palsy son thy sins be forgiven thee but there were certain of the scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts why does this man thus speak blasphemies Who can forgive sins but God only? There was a lot of people there. There was no room for these people to come in. They could have walked away and said, you know what, I guess it's not God's will to heal. There's no room in the meeting. But instead of doing that, they took this paralyzed man in his bed to the roof can you imagine carrying somebody up the roof? A lot of people, a lot of people won't come to a healing meeting if they don't get a comfortable chair to sit in. They won't come to a healing meeting if they don't get a front parking space. They won't come to a healing meeting if you know if anything happens. And these guys are taking their paralyzed friend into this healing meeting and to hear Jesus. And there's no way for them to get in. And they're, start, they're looking around and you know what? Let's take him on the roof. Let's tear up that roof right over where Jesus is preaching. And let's drop him down in front of the master. Because I know that if he gets there, he's going to receive healing. So they did that. They tore up the roof and dropped him down on his mat, lowered him down in front of Jesus. He didn't jump down. He wasn't healed. He was paralyzed in that moment. He couldn't have moved. He could have complained, but he didn't. He could have told his friends, no, no, it's okay. You know, there's no room in that meeting for me. All those scribes are in there sitting down. All the the good, smart people of the day are there. I'm just an outcast. I'm just going to No, they didn't do that. They had faith. They knew that Jesus Christ, if they could get their friend in front of Jesus, that he would be healed. They knew that. They had faith. They knew that was going to happen. So much so that it caused them to climb up the building, break open the roof, and lower their paralyzed friend in front of Jesus. And how many times do we just not even invite someone to church because... What if nothing happens? Where's our faith? Right? What if something does happen? Even the scribes and the Pharisees, when we're looking at them, let's look over at Luke. We're going to come back here, so hold your place. Luke chapter 5. I meant to read this before I started talking about it, but Luke chapter 5 and verse... 18, I think it is. And behold, men brought in, um, you know what, I'm going to back up. Verse 17. And it came to pass on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. These are doctors, they're scribes, they're Pharisees, doctors of the law, they're really smart people. And they're coming and the power of God is there to heal them, but they're not there to be healed. They're there to see if Jesus is gonna do something wrong. They're there to catch Jesus in a lie. They're there to tell, no matter how good Jesus' preaching is, they want to catch him saying one thing wrong, and they want to object to that one thing and throw everything else out and discredit him because people are getting healed and people are getting set free, and it's messing up their religion. It's messing up their religion, it's messing up their status. You know, religious people do not like people that walk in the power of God. No, don't they don't like them because if it's not working for them, why should it work for you? Yeah, really. But here's the thing. We've got to be careful not to be too smart for God. we got to be submitted to God and submitted to his word and say, You know what, God? I don't know everything but you do. But these scribes and these Pharisees and these doctors of the law, they took up all the good seats. This paralyzed man with the palsy couldn't even get in to get to Jesus, and they're all sitting there, and he's preaching to them, and the power of God is present to heal them all. And behold, men brought in a bed, a man which was taken with a palsy, and they sought means to bring him in and to lay him before Jesus. And when they could not find by what way they might bring him in because of the multitude, they went up on the housetop and let him down through the tiling with his couch into the mist before Jesus. They let him down with the bed that he was laying on. So they had to take him and the bed up to the roof, tear up the roof while Jesus is preaching, and then with the bed, lower him down in front of Jesus Christ. Because all of those judgmental people were sitting there, taking up the good seats. And when he saw their faith, when Jesus saw their faith, he said unto him, man, thy sins are forgiven thee. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, Who is this which speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answering said unto them, What reason ye in your hearts, whether it's easier to say, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Rise up and walk? But that you, scribes and Pharisees and doctors of the law, but that you may know that the Son of Man has the power upon earth to forgive sins, he said unto the palsy, I say unto thee, Arise, take up thy couch, and go into thine house. And immediately he rose up before them, and took up that which whereupon he lay, and he departed to his own home, glorifying God." And they were all amazed and they glorified God and saying, and they were filled with fear saying, we have seen strange things this day. We have seen some strange things this day. Now, they were expecting something to happen. That's why the multitude came. They didn't know what was going to happen They were judgy and wanted to find Jesus doing something wrong. And when you read about the scribes and Pharisees, man, they really were trying to find something wrong with Jesus. When they got, when Jesus was healing a man with a withered hand, he was going to do it on a Sunday and he was preaching on a Sunday. And the scribes and Pharisees were like, hey, it's Sunday, we are going to go and see if he's going to do a work and break the Sabbath on a Sunday and heal that hand because we know he's going to heal. Because the scribes and the Pharisees, even though they were judgmental, they had faith and they expected wherever Jesus goes, somebody's going to be healed. Maybe everybody's going to be healed. But wherever Jesus is, there's going to be healing. Wherever the word is preached, there's going to be healing. There's going to be signs and wonders following every single time Jesus is involved. And they came to try to trap him. Some people come to healing school, not necessarily you guys, but other times we've had people come just to point out what's wrong just to take notes and tell I've had people tell me all the wrong things and you know that they're not there to receive healing right but some people come with the attitude of, I'm going to receive all that God has for me. And those are the people that receive healing. Those are the people that get it. They might get it that day. They might get it over time, but they definitely get it. They definitely receive healing. And we want to be more like the man that was born by four, more like the friends of the of the paralytic man. And we want to come to Jesus and to healing school with the attitude of, you know what, I'm going to receive healing today. I might receive the whole healing today. I might receive part of a healing today, but I will absolutely receive healing today in my physical body because everywhere that Jesus is, there's always healing. Whether we know it or not, whether we see it or not, there's always healing, and God is no respecter of persons. He wants to heal every single one of you. Every one of you get to be healed even today. Every one of you get to receive healing even today. And I I'll tell you this is what this is what the traditions of man do to us. If I told you that everyone in this place is going to receive a miracle except for one person, immediately you would disqualify yourself. You would. That's just human nature. It's not the nature of God, but it's human nature to disqualify yourself. So I'm telling you, by the word of God, by the Holy Spirit, every one of you is receiving some healing today at least, if not the whole thing, maybe the whole thing. But you are receiving because when the word goes out, the anointing is present, the power is present, and the power works. And there's no reason it won't work for you. There's no reason it won't work for you. The only reason it would work, wouldn't work for you is if you believe it wouldn't work for you. If you're sitting there saying, you know what, I just don't think the power of God's gonna work for me, I'm gonna tell you, you're right but you need to change your thinking. You need to destroy that imagination with the word of God that says that the power of God is for every believer, that it will work for you, that by his stripes you were healed and you need to submit yourself to the word of God. And if you think, well, I'm trying to submit myself to the word of God, but you know another place in the word of God where you haven't submitted yourself, you need to submit yourself there too. And you need to submit yourself to all the things that you read in the word of God because to the degree that you are submitted to the word of God, it will work for you. It will work for you. It never comes back void. In Isaiah 55, it says the word of God never comes back void. It always accomplishes what it's sent out to do. It never comes back void. It always accomplishes Something and the something that it is accomplishing is exactly what it is sent to do. And Psalms 107.20 says that God sent his word and it healed you and it delivered you from your destructions. And since God already sent his word and it already healed you, it will always accomplish what it sent out to do. It will never come back to God and say, you know, God, I know I'm the word that you sent to heal, but it just doesn't work for this particular person Because of a reason. It's never going to do that. God says my word always accomplishes everything it's sent out to do. And it always will. It will never come back to God void. That means it will accomplish. That means the word of healing is near you. It's in your mouth. The word of salvation, the word of healing is with you, in you, and working in you at all times. It will accomplish what it's sent out to do. It will accomplish it. We just want it to accomplish it faster. Amen. And it can when we give God place and allow him when we come to him instead of coming like a Pharisee. Although even the Pharisees had faith. They knew something was going to happen. They just didn't think it was going to happen to them and it didn't. The power of God was present to heal them all. They weren't seeking healing. They were seeking to get Jesus in trouble. But anyways, praise God. I I want to finish reading here in Mark chapter 2. In verse 5, Jesus saw their faith, and he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. But there were certain of the scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts. Why does this man thus speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God only? And immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they so reasoned with themselves, he said unto them, Why reason ye these things in your hearts? Whether is it easier to say to the sick of the palsy, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Arise up, take up thy bed, and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has the power on earth to forgive sins, he said to the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, Arise, and take up thy bed, and go thy way into thy house. And immediately he arose, took up the bed and went forth before them all insomuch that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, we never saw it on such a fashion. They were all amazed at the healing. They were all amazed at it and glorified God as we read. So Jesus saw their faith. What faith did Jesus see? How did Jesus see the faith Of these four men and the paralytic that are bringing them and we know the paralytic had to have faith too because he was paralyzed but he could have said no don't bring me to that meeting i might have a spell (laughs) right like i might i might have you know people might make fun of me because i'm i have a disease people might make fun of me in that meeting because i'm paralyzed but he could have said no you know what it's very dangerous for you guys to take my bed onto the roof and to lift me up to the roof and then to tear up the roof i don't want to disturb the preacher i don't want to disturb the meeting it's very dangerous for you guys to let me down through the roof what if you drop me i mean this is a very real man this really happened his friends really lowered him through the roof. I've heard it said that it was actually Jesus' house that they did this at. That it was actually Jesus' house that there was a multitude of people in and no room for the man and that they tore up the, the roof of God's house and lowered him through the roof. And that man at any time could have said, you know what, I don't think we should be doing this. I don't think we should be seeking this hard after God or this hard after healing. Has anyone ever told you that? The enemy's told me that before. He said, I don't think you should be seeking your healing that hard. I said, why? Because you're afraid I'm going to get it? (laughs) That's why. That's why the enemy would say that to you because he knows if you do seek it hard that you will get it. These guys... You know, hold on, you, you got the man, You got. we're going to get the bed, you hold the guy, we're going to get the bed. We're going to take the bed up first, and then, you know, hand him up to me. Hand him up to me, paralyzed guy, limp, just hand him up to me. He's like, yeah, we're doing it, guys, we're going to get there, I'm going to get my healing today, I'm going to walk out of there, I'm going to walk out of there get that roof, get that roof, get that roof, tear that roof up, lower me down, the master's right there, I know he's teaching, I know there's doctors of the law and Pharisees and scribes and there's no room but you know what, there's a spot right in front of Jesus, tear up the roof and put me right there and Jesus saw their faith, he saw their faith by their actions He saw their faith because they wouldn't take no for an answer, because they wouldn't allow all of this crowd to keep them away from Jesus. He wouldn't let the people keep them from him. How many times when we're in praise and worship do we let the people stop us from kneeling at the altar? How many times do we let the people around us stop us from raising our hands to God? How many times do we let the people stop us from singing? Because what if they hear me? What if I'm off key? What if they think I sound ridiculous? What if the people make fun of me for dancing before the Lord? How many times do we let the people stop us from coming to the Master like we want to in our heart? What if... What if we started acting like these five guys, the paralyzed guy and the four friends, and we said, you know what? I'm not going to let any person stop me from coming to God in the way it's in my heart to do it. I'm going to come to God. I'm going to come to church. I'm going to come to healing school. I'm going to come to any meeting I can go to. I'm going to worship the Lord on my knees in the front. I'm going to raise my hands. I'm going to sing. I'm going to shout unto God because you know what? Nobody is going to stop me from coming before the master and getting right in his face and standing there or laying there. And nobody's going to stop me from receiving everything that God has for me. If I have to go and lay out on the church in front of all those people, I'm going to do it and I'm going to worship the Lord. And nobody's going to keep me from that holy place. Nobody. What if we did that? What if we had that attitude? We might hear the Lord say, person, your sins are forgiven you. Person, rise up and walk. Person, you're healed in Jesus. In my name, he'll say, what if you laid down before the Lord and you got up healed and whole? Because you didn't let anyone stop you from worshiping the master, from coming forward for prayer. What if, you, what if you read your Bible and you didn't let anyone make fun of you? You didn't care if they made fun of you for reading your Bible. What if you said, you know what? You got a problem. You may not want to get before the master, but I do. And you better get out of my way because I'm going before the master I'm going to seek hard after God I'm going to read his word I'm going to lay on the floor I'm going to get on my knees, I'm going to raise my hands I'm going to shout in church I'm going to sing as loud as I want to, I'm going to get in my spot before the master and I don't care if you're a scribe or a Pharisee or a doctor of the law I don't care if you know more than me, I'm going to be the one that receives everything from. God you can sit there in what you know and you can sit there as high and mighty as you can sit there but I'm going to be the one that walks out of here whole I'm going to be the one that walks out of here healed I'm going to be the one that goes and lays hands on the sick and I'm going to see them recover I'm going to be the one that has the power to raise the dead because I'm not going to assume that I know everything and I'm going to get humble before the Lord And I don't care what you say about it. You can sit there in all your wisdom and knowledge and intelligence. But you know what? I'm going to make the power of God work in my life. And I'm going to seek God until it does. And I'm going to seek him over and over and over. And I'm going to press in. And I'm going to press down. And I'm going to kneel down. And I'm going to humble myself. And I'm going to read the word. And I'm going to pray. And I'm going to study the word. And I don't care what you say about your doctrine, about your traditions, about what you think you know about God. I'm going to seek God himself, and I'm going to experience everything that God has for me, whether you experience it or not. What if we did that here in healing school? And what if we did that on Sundays at our churches? And what if we did that on Mondays at our houses? And what if we did that on Friday night when our friends want to go do something and we say, you know what? I'm going to seek the Lord. I'm just going to lay before the Lord. What if we did that? We would get what this man got because every person that came to Jesus got healed. Every person that seeks after the Lord will find him. Everyone, every person that will seek after the Lord through his word will get revelation. Everyone, I don't care how smart you think you are or how smart you think you aren't. If you come at the word with a humble heart, you'll get to know something about God that you didn't know about him before. You'll see something you've never seen before. It'll bring life to your body It'll bring health to your flesh. It will heal you. It'll cause you to be healed. There's nothing stopping you from receiving healing. You're not broken. Your receiver's not broken. It's not not going to work for you. It will work for you. You will receive healing. You will be made whole. Your relationships will be restored. It will happen. It will happen. It's impossible for it not to happen because you've prayed, you've asked, you stand in faith, you believe. Who cares if you haven't seen it yet? That doesn't mean you can't pull it into existence today with your faith. These men, these five men did something. They knew that Jesus was there and it's time for healing and I'm gonna get healed if I get there to Jesus. And there was all this multitude stopping them and all these proper people that they could have been embarrassed by and they didn't let any of it stop them. And Jesus saw their faith because he saw their faith by their works, by what they did, by how they sought after him, about how they didn't let anything stop them from getting in front of the master, about how that paralyzed guy he didn't let, it didn't stop his friends from hauling him up the side of that house. Man, it's just hard to believe. I mean, it really happened. We know it happened. But, it, I mean, can you imagine yourself? Put yourself in the position of the paralyzed guy, and your friends are saying, come on, let's go to church. Let's go to church. Let's go to healing school. Let's go. Let's go to healing school. Are you going to let Are you going to let them take you to healing school? Well, you guys let them, right? (laughs) But then put yourself in the position of one of the friends, which is probably a position that most of you are in. You know somebody who needs this, who needs to be here. Share this with them and say, you know what? I'm one of your four friends. And you're dealing with a sickness and I'm telling you to come to healing school. I'm telling you to seek after Jesus. I'm telling you that by his stripes you were healed. I'm what you, you're asking God for four friends. I'm one of your four friends and I'm telling you to come to healing school. I'm telling you to seek after God. I'm telling you to pray about it. I'm telling you to get there. Are you going to be like this guy and get there and get healed? Or are you gonna say, no, I'm not gonna go? And tell your friends that. Let them know, I'm one of your four friends. I'm going to healing school whether you go or not. But are you gonna go? Are you gonna receive healing? Are you gonna let the power of God work in your life? Are you going to join your faith with mine and receive everything that God has for us? Everything that God has, complete healing, total restoration. Or are you going to be one that just says, no, I don't want to go. I want to sit and not go. I don't want to climb up a roof. What if you drop me? What if you fall? What if, what if, what if? What if? Well, if he let anything stop him, we wouldn't be reading about him today. We wouldn't be reading about his friends. None of them would have made it in there. Or maybe we'd be reading, well, there was a guy who was paralyzed, but he just didn't want to come before Jesus. But praise God, he got healed. And you can too. You're here, the power of God is present to heal you. You're here, I'm here, the Holy Spirit's here, amen. We're just gonna take a minute and give God a little more place, is that okay? We're gonna give him a little more space. If you need to stand up, you can. If you want to come to the altar, you can. Um, I don't know if Ryan's still here. Ryan, are you still here? Okay, thanks. I'll see if he'll come and maybe play some music for us. I guess we could have Ishmael, but you can sit. You work hard enough for us. Um, Well, let's give God a little bit more place to heal. Can you just play something? You can play healer if you want or some other things. Father, we're going to give you place to do your work today. We're going to give you space to heal us just a little bit longer. We know you're present. We know you love us. We know you want to heal us. We know you're able to heal us. And here we are, Lord. We had things that came against us so we wouldn't come today, but we chose to come today. We're just like that man and we're just like his friends that said, you know what, we're going. And maybe this place isn't packed like it was for Jesus, but we didn't let that stop us either. We came anyway and we thank you, Lord. And here we are before you, laying out in our spirits, laying out before you, here we are, and we hear you say, your sins are forgiven you. Rise up and walk and be healed. And we hear you say, body be healed, pain go in Jesus' name. Be, body be restored to wholeness. Sight come in Jesus' name. Hearing come in Jesus' name. Sickness leave in Jesus' name. Disease, leave in Jesus' name. Arthritis, leave in Jesus' name. Any kind of arthritis, rheumatoid, osteo, any kind of arthritis, leave in Jesus' name. God, we give you space to heal us. God, we give you space to heal our livers, In Jesus' name. God, we give you space. We receive, we receive, we receive. We receive your healing touch. We receive it from you. We thank you, Lord. You have healed us. Hallelujah. We receive, we receive, we receive, we receive. We receive all you have for us jesus 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 hallelujah just sing jesus if you will just sing jesus Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We give you place to heal us. We know it's your will. We know you can. We know you want to. And we're here before you. We're here like that man that had the palsy, but now is healed. Here we are. We hear you say, your sins are forgiven you. We hear you say, rise up and walk. We hear you say, be healed. Be made whole. We hear you say, this affliction shall not rise up a second time. We hear you say today is the end of that disease today is the end of that suffering today is the end of that pain today is the end of it and we thank you for it lord we worship you you're so good we give you glory we thank you that your word always works Thank you, Lord, that you have caused healing to happen in our physical bodies today. Thank you, Lord, that you are doing a work in us. Thank you, Lord. We trust you, God, according to your word, that you who began a good work in us, and healing is a good work, that you will see it through to completion. We thank you for that, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.